It's time for the Rich Life Retirement Show, brought to you by retirement professional and Wall Street Journal bestselling author, Bo Henderson. This is the one place committed to helping you navigate all aspects of a successful, meaningful, and fulfilling retirement. Let's get started. Here's Bo Henderson and Bill Main. Glad to be back and out and about and doing it again on Rich Life Retirement. Bill Main hanging out with Bo Anderson. How you doing, Bo? Hey, Bill. Excited to be here and talk about retirement with oh, you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we got some cool things going on today. Number one, we're going to start planning your 100th birthday party. Mm. Now, we're also going to take a look at some of the things that you probably should not buy online. And we'll tell you how you might be able to save yourself about $300 a month. And I kind of like the sound of that myself. But first, you have been out and about in the community. And how that, How has that been going? You know what's been happening? We've been doing our educational events, and a lot of um, how we reach out and educate the community is we'll work at community centers, libraries, and we'll teach classes on things like taxes and retirement. You'll like that one, right? Yeah, minimizing yes, taxes. Minimizing taxes. Um, social security optimization. A lot of the things that just aren't built into a lot of retirement planning. We want to make sure people have that information because, uh, like, especially with the social security, I've yet to have social security call up a person and say, hey, you know what? <laughs> We owe you about $40,000 you'd be entitled to if you knew how to, how to claim it. Yeah, so if we, we like, didn't make it so complicated. Right. So we encourage people, hey, come out, read books, come to, go to classes, learn this information and what applies to you. The, the key with those community education events, it's that's, raised, that's proactively raising your retirement IQ. And that's what we're all about here. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's dive into it then today and raise a little IQ here on something that may sound strange, especially as much as I talk about this topic. <laughs> but right now, tax rates are historically low, not just low, but historically low compared to what we've seen in the past. And the Motley Fool says we should take advantage of that before the end of the year. And, you know, I'm all about taking advantage of a lower tax rate. But the question is, I don't know how to do it. Well, one of the things we need to look at. So right now, taxes aren't fun. So no. any taxes doesn't it doesn't feel good. Yeah, but they're there. We got to react. We got to face them. They're, they're reality, but they are historically low. and We want to pay attention to where are we now and is it going to feel worse in the future? When I'm going to say when I'm not even going to say if anymore, Bill. When they're higher, yeah, and they it, will be. It's inevitable. Yeah. So, so some of that, while we, especially with retirement planning, what we can start looking at, and and a lot of the strategies design we work on with clients, especially in the period leading up to retirement, is can we pay tax now on some of these pre-tax assets that we've accumulated in things like 401ks and IRAs, and convert that at today's tax rates to a Roth IRA that won't be taxed in the future when they're likely to be higher. Mm, okay, makes so, sense. So year by year, what we do is we can look at a tax return, and we can see how much room you have uh, on your return from the income you made until you'd bump into the next bracket. And what we try to do is is keep within the same bracket. We don't want to knock you into a higher bracket right. overall. Makes sense. But say, okay, here's here's available room, and let's see, is that's on the table to convert to a Roth, and we can make that decision. There's only one catch. I got to tell both sides of the story. Okay. <laughs> if we convert fifty, sixty, a hundred thousand dollars of an IRA to a Roth, we do have to have the money to pay tax on it. Yeah, that because year. you're moving it from something that requires tax on the other end to right. something that doesn't on the other end. you right. got to pay up front. So we want to look at that. So it might be, hey, there's $60,000 of room possible to convert, but we really only have cash to comfortably convert 30000 Hey, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, but it doesn't happen unless you actually take a close look at the numbers and, and, and crunch them through. Well, and unfortunately what happens, instead of working on that year to year for six, eight, ten years before retirement – we just get busy with business, work, family, living, living, all the yeah. things. And we get the year before retirement. We're like, hey, it'd be nice if I could convert $500,000 in a pot, but you just can't. It's going to be too big of a tax burden. So doing a little bit at a time 
is the key to being successful with that strategy. All right. Very good. Very good. And uh, strategy is what it's all about to get your plan. We talk about that all the time, and you're going to hear us say it over and over again, so get used to it. going to hammer that home. Now, we also talk a lot on the show about the benefits of having multiple sources of income in retirement. You talk about that all the time. Uh, and for many of us, one of those sources is a retirement account, like a 401k or an IRA. We just talked about a little bit of IRAs there. Michael Fink, professor at American College of Financial Services, tells the street that it's important to understand the risk that comes with those market-based accounts. So is he saying that we need to do something else to carry through those periods when the market fails? What's he implying? Yeah, you know, the the key with this is we're talking about, and I was having this conversation this week, Bill, with a couple in particular, this exact topic, is, you know, the market the market is for long-term growth because it goes up and down, right? You know, I, don't, yeah. I know exactly what it'll do. It's going to go up and <laughs> okay. down. Uh, so what I want to make sure is if we're having a conversation, we're looking at your retirement strategy. Let's say we're just trying to score or, or give you a grade of where you are now so we can work on where you're trying sure. to get to. Yeah. Uh, what we want to know is, okay, this money that's exposed to that ups and downs in the market, which is really more longer-term growth, do you, do you understand and are you comfortable with if the market were to take a correction of 10, 20, 30, 40 percent, are we all on the same page saying this is the amount that I know is there for a 10 plus year window and I'm comfortable with it doing the ups and downs? Because a lot of times the answer is no. When I think about it like that, that would terrify me yeah. if I mm-hmm. took a big hit on this piece of money. So what he's referring to is more what we've, we've talked about bucket planning, right, is is we need to pull uh, some money in the what we call the middle bucket or bucket two that's a little more secure, that's not going to go up and down like the market so that if we need to, if our plan is to retire in three years, we know we have a certain percentage of our asset available to make sure that that plan works and we can take our check and we're only growing the piece that can afford to grow for that that longer time horizon. Do, do you often, as you get closer to retirement and you're having to rely on that, you know you're going to have to do three, four years out, do you start moving out of the high risk into the medium or low risk? Do you start moving from those buckets or do you leave the formulas the same? It depends. So every year, that's the answer to everything, right? It depends it on depends. your yeah. – uh, but, but we could set up – but if we know where we need to be income-wise in five years, it can be set up and it's adjusted and tweaked year to year, mm-hmm. meaning uh, – To be able to maintain that number. Right, yeah. right. So what's happening and what you're referring to is kind of shifting more to bonds the closer you get. The issue right now is with low interest rate, bonds just aren't the great tool they used to be to be that safety vehicle. Right, yeah. So it, it, here it, it comes into play that you really do have to take a look at all the pieces – on a regular basis. Right. And it can't be a set it and forget it. And much more, much less, it can't be something, hey, what I set up in a 401k 20 years ago is just what I'm going to hit retirement with. There needs to be some positioning, some changes, and it's got to be very specific to you, your situation, your income, your expenses, your goals. All those things need to be customized to how you're going to land in retirement and not be figuring out after the fact. Okay, well, real quick here, we need to let folks know that that's what you do, right? Rich Life, the Rich Life Retirement Show, that's what we try to connect you with some of these these ideas that point you in the right direction. And if folks want to find out more about the things we're talking about today or anytime we're on the show, or even share questions, easy to get in touch with you. Yeah, retirement by design, that is what we do. We're coordinating all those pieces. If you're saying, you know what, I need, I know that I need to get a plan on distribution and taxes when I, when I take money out in retirement. What order of my money do I take it out? I know I need to optimize that social security. I know I need clarity on, can I really retire at 66? Or is Bo going to tell me, yeah, let's work part time that next two years to make it work? Or sometimes, Bill, the nice thing, I might say, you know what? You can actually retire a year sooner than you thought. Oh, wow. That'd be nice to hear. Uh, so, so all that, but it needs to, those decisions and that, that, that needs to be made 
logically and mathematically, mm-hmm. right? You'll hear me, and you know this. You know me real enough. I like to get outside of the, the logic sometimes to, hey, let's get let's dream. Let's, let's get clear on where we want to go, how we want to live our life. But when it comes to the numbers and the math, we do want to be, be logical and mathematical there. Yeah, you don't want to be in the clouds, that's for sure. So you need to get in touch with the folks here at Rich Life Advisors. They'd be glad to have an individual design there for that's you. Right. Yeah. We'll work on that strategy, richlifeadvisors.com, or give us a call at 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. Okay, now here we go. One of our biggest retirement decisions, and this is something that you're talking about in some of your mm-hmm. seminars right now, is when to start taking Social Security because that timing is extremely important as to how much you get. Now, if you're thinking about taking it early, consider this. A study cited by the Baby Boomer website, Next Avenue, found that Americans who claim at age 62 are giving up a collective, hold your breath, $3.4 trillion in lost income. Wow, I love Uncle Sam, but not that much. Now, if it's hard to wrap your mind around that number, look at it this way. That's about $95,000 that your household would be losing. How important is it to get that claiming with the right decision in the right timing? And that's that's what you point out in some of the seminars that you're doing. So let's talk a little bit about that timing and why that's so significant. I tell you know, a lot of times Social Security claiming decisions is made without a lot of thought, much less a lot of modeling that we talked about comparing. How does this work in my situation? How does this work if I do it, if I start pulling assets from other sources here and Social Security later or vice versa? And unless we model it and have the pieces on the table to compare, it's hard to make a good decision because you really don't have all the facts. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, that study, $3.4 trillion, right? Yeah. If yeah. we mathematic, if we looked at that, uh, you know, if you did it in, in terms of years or seconds, we can't even fathom trillions. I mean, those that's, that's huge numbers. No, there's no way. Uh, and we, we've talked about this before, and this is saying to the tune of 90000 per household. We've seen as high as, on average, per 111000 another study. But that's money that you could actually use and spend to live in retirement. Yeah. And most people aren't making that decision knowing that. They're not saying, hey, I'm going to choose uh, filing early uh, knowing I'm giving up $90,000. They're, they're not getting that clear. Now, if you make that decision knowing that, that that's different. Yeah, because right? you've had, you've had the knowledge and you made that choice. Uh, do you think a lot of people, the reason they don't look that closely at it is they, they think, well, I'm just lucky that it's there because mm-hmm. we hear all the scare stories. And we also think, well, it's not going to be that much anyway. So what difference does it make? I, yeah, I think that's it. I think it's, you know, whether I, if I take They're it there, about it. if I take it there, I can let my 401k K grow and kind of offset that, which in theory on surface level, that might sound good, but you're not considering the taxes, right? The taxes on your 401k are going to always be higher than your tax on your social security. And we're not talking about the one-year impact. We're talking 20- or 30-year impact. And I've seen the difference recently, Bill. We did, a, we did a case for a couple, and the difference in the order they drew down their money, Social Security first versus Social Security later, and where they put in their other assets, because of taxes, scenario A ran out 10 years before their life expectancy. Mm-hmm. Scenario B, same puzzle pieces they had to work yeah. with, lasted their full life expectancy, and they paid $35,000 less in taxes. So there you go. Right. So there you go. It, it, you always say the math will show the path. Exactly, and it certainly does, and you really need to take, take, take time to look at it because the other thing that we say in our business, right. never leave money on the table. I like it. That's Especially it. when it's your money you put there. Well, And that's a good point. That's the disconnect. And, and I've done this. That that class about Social Security, I think it's come up. I've done that over 200 times mm-hmm. the last the last several years. And I will ask, I'll say, how many people here want every bit of Social Security benefit you're entitled to have earned? 
everybody in the room. But but the statistics show that 96% of people actually get that or claim that. And, and it really comes down to knowing the rules. And this this is the mind, mind-blowing number. There's over 500 potential combinations of, of how to claim. So it's not as simple as 62, 66, or 70. There's a lot of things. You've got spousal benefits. You've got survivor benefits. You've got delayed retirement credits. You've got all these things you need to look at. And short of us doing what we call a Social Security optimization analysis, wow, say that three times real yeah, quick. Yeah, I can. <laughs> social Security, short of doing a Social Security optimization analysis, it's really hard to see how these things model, map out, and play out in, in, in life and make a really solid decision that you feel confident in. Okay, so uh, if folks, we're we're talking retirement. We're talking game changers here when mm-hmm. it comes to planning your Social Security. So just keep that in mind when you're putting these pieces together. Rich Life Retirement Show, love being here with you. Bill Main with Bo Henderson. Moving on to something that's probably going to blow a few minds, I think. Uh, Market Watch says a pension fund for New York subway workers lost $330 million in a collapsed hedge fund. And that's kind of a scary story, especially if I'm counting on a pension to get me through 20 or 30 years of retirement. Is that just kind of risk we have to put up with, or is there some way we can mitigate that? So $330 million lost in that fund. That's yeah. scary because when we think of pensions, I think in our mind, it seems like guaranteed money. It's a forever fund. As, right. far as, it's it's, gonna, as long as I live, I get to draw it. And, and I have a different perspective because I've been, been having these conversations now for 20 years. I've seen many companies, many, many companies you would know as a Fortune 500 company where clients brought me in a letter and it says, you know what, due to some restructuring or some buyout or something, we're reorganizing or restructuring your pension payout. And I had a guy um, a couple years ago came in and his $2,400 pension was being cut to 1200 in a couple months. Now, the problem with that is, like we said, this guy was counting on that 2400 for the rest of his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of that I think it uh, doesn't come through that, hey, an, an organization like a city, a county, a, a state, if the funds aren't there, they can change it. That's, it's yeah. possible to change that, m- much less a corporation. So goes back to our last conversation a little bit, Bill. We've got to maximize every benefit we possibly can because there's some things outside of our control that could come up. We can't We can't always plan on a best-case scenario because that's not how life works. Right. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. And when it comes to those folks providing those pensions, hey, they can't give you what they don't have. When you're seeing that trend, it's an accelerating trend, and it's it's actually happened a lot this year, is these pensions, there's, there's been more than 84,000 pensions done away with since 1985. Wow. And you're seeing more and more and more. And, and the big thing is uh, people are living longer and companies can't afford that liability. Yeah. Right? I can't pay for somebody for 40 years. I can't yeah. leave. So, it's a bit expensive. So they're going to 401k plans to where, hey, guess what? You can put money in, but it, you're completely responsible for how it plays out. Balls in your court That's at that right. point. All right, have you given any thought to the idea of refinancing your mortgage? And a lot of folks probably are because, uh, well, right now, some record low interest rates going on and that could really knock your payments down. But CNBC's Dana Olick says that there are still about 19 million Americans who could refinance but haven't done that. 19 million. Now, of those 19 million homeowners that could save an average of $300 a month, you're asking yourself, why aren't people considering this more? So do you see that in what you're doing? Are people coming to you and say, I'm going to refinance and I'm going to take that savings and I need to put it into a savings account of some sort? It's no secret right now that interest rates are low. Everybody, if they try to get uh, CD rates or savings account rates, everybody realizes that. So it is coming up a lot. Should I refinance? In a lot of cases, that that makes sense, and you know, in this to this study, it's showing on average um, a household could save three hundred dollars a month by refinancing a mortgage. But also, we can get, get refi happy, and and what I mean by that in an environment like this, I've had also people come in and they refi nine months ago, and they're saying, well, it dropped another point. 
three points, yeah. should I refinance again? And what you have to consider there, there's a couple things we want to think about. I think it's a great option if it fits, like yeah. anything else. Uh, it, we got to pay attention to the closing cost. And how long does it take us to break even on those closing costs? Yeah, to recoup that, sure. So if I'm only going to be there, if my plan is to be there two more years and I'm going to move to my retirement home, might not make so much sense. Even if you lowered that interest rate, you, you're not going to break even on the closing cost. Uh, and then, then the other thing that, that I think you've got to pay attention to beyond how long am I going to stay in my house is is really get that math, go back to the math. Is it going to is it really going to save me? money per month is it going to free up cash flow and does it reduce my interest rate so i think those are the things you got to consider yeah especially when it comes to recouping those closing costs because i think people don't they just see what the payment's going to be they don't realize that there are costs up front that are associated with that that is going to eat into whatever profit if you want to put it that way that you would make off of doing that so here again math shows the path and then pay attention too, right to hey maybe maybe i got so much equity i could pull some out you got to be careful with that. Right? You pull money out of an asset like a house. What are you going to spend it on? Is it going to be? Are you going to spend that money on an asset? Or are you going to pay off consumer debt? And you just want to have really thoughtful considerations. Or what you did is you just maybe you have a better interest rate, but you just added more debt overall to your household. Yeah, a lot of a lot of balancing on those. So, so not meaning to be like <laughs> negative Nancy on that, but I just say look. Like anything else, let's talk it through, think it through, and make a good decision. All right. It may look good on the surface, may not be the best thing when you get down below the waves. All right. Now, these days, and I know that we've all been doing this, especially lately, you can get anything online, and you can get it <laughs> delivered. It's just amazing. Groceries, even wine, beer, a mattress, uh, you fill in the blank, and somebody's going to fill in your order. But Forbes magazine says one thing you probably should not get online is an estate plan. Now, I'm going to ask you why not, but I could probably come up with a lot of reasons on my own, but let's talk to the expert here. So why not? So with the estate plan in, in Georgia, um, what we need, ev- most everybody is going to need a will, a financial power of attorney, and a health care directive. Okay, that's kind of the basic package. There's some other issues that come up where we would need a trust. But, but what I run across, Bill, and this is probably 90 plus percent of the time, as important as that is, everybody says, yeah, I need, I need those documents. Or I've heard a horror story. Or I've lived a horror story with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody knows it's important, but I would say over 90% of the time what I'm running into is either it's outdated and needs to be redone or updated, or it's just never quite been put into place. So one of those things is talking about doing it online versus not. There are services to where um, it's kind of a cheaper alternative. You can go online and you can create your, your will and some of these documents uh, but at the same time, you run the risk of you're filling out that information and you might misinterpret some of the questions or what the intention is. Uh, you're not dealing with an attorney. And one of the things I worked on, this just came up recently. To, uh, one of our local attorneys said, you know what, I'm going to work on a lower cost alternative like like something like LegalZoom, which is one of these yeah. online deals. But what I'm going to include is an hour of my time to review it and then ask, ask questions. So what I like about that is you have that person that you can make sure, one, hey, did I do this right? Did yeah. I fill this out right? Yeah. And then, two, if something changes or goes, we have that person we can go to to update it and fix it. Yeah. So it's one of those, I'm still a big high-touch person in, in the face-to-face and working with people. So I think with the estate plan, there's just too many room, too many wiggle spots for error if we're just trying to figure it because I don't know about you, but I'm not a lawyer, right? I'm not either. I don't, even play, that, I don't even play one on TV right, so, right. Yeah. or on the radio. Yeah, on right. the radio either. Yeah. So some of that legal language can be confusing, but um, that's why I'm a big fan, and I've worked with some of our local attorneys here to, to facilitate that so that it's not, it's not so cost prohibitive. People put it off and put it off and then get caught. Um, but I'm a big fan of having that person to talk to because – 
that's lawyer stuff. No, I agree. Right. No, I agree. You can make some big mistakes by assuming the wrong thing on that. And and remember this simple simple little saying here. You've probably heard where there's a will, there's a way. Uh-huh. But that's really that that's true. But there's another saying that goes with it: where there's the will. There's a relative. So you want to make sure that you have your lines. Right. You certainly do that. Hey, I wanted to do a quick flashback as a point to illustrate something. It was this week, back in 1972, Johnny Rivers released Rockin' Ammonia and the Boogie Woogie Flu. This one stayed on the charts for nearly five months and earned Johnny a gold record. Now, here's something to think about, though, when we think about this. When Johnny Rivers was born in 1942, there were fewer than 2,300 people in the entire United States who wow. were over 100 years old. You Think about it. Fast forward to today, we have more than 90,000 Americans. 90, yeah, 90,000 reached the 100 mark, and that's huge, which means we're living longer, which means we've got to plan longer. I want to be here. That's right. my goal. I've said this before. My goal is I want to be here to blow out the candles on my 100th birthday. I do. Right. That's where I'm going. So that from the onset, that controls when I talk to you, how do I make it happen? That's an important thing to know. How long do I need my money? Should we plan for a 100 birthday? I say if we want to increase our risk of a successful retirement and not be a statistic. Now, what's happening, Bill, is we're underestimating how long we're living. And and again, you hear me say disconnect. I will if I'm talking to a group. I'll say, how many people have family, friends, relatives in their in their nineties now? When I'm speaking to a group, it's it's over half the room. Now. Yeah, mm-hmm. ten years ago, it might have been two people. Sure. Uh, so we're living longer and we know it, but yet we're thinking in our own lives, maybe I'm just more like a life expectancy person, 82-ish, you yeah. know, early 80s. And what's happening is like, a lot of people are getting about 10, 15 years from the end of their life and they're running out of money. Mm. And in a lot that of cases, yeah, they're only, they're only living on Social Security. So know that statistic and the thing with longevity. So we're talking about longevity here. 100, I would consider longevity, right? Yeah, it's a good time, good time uh, to be around. Good goal, good number. Yeah. Uh, but it multiplies all the other risks we're dealing with re- with retirement planning, our interest rate risk, our inflation risk, our market risk, our sequence of returns risk, all the risks that come up that we're trying to mad- battle and mitigate in retirement planning. The longer you live, the more you're exposed to them. Yeah. So so we need to make sure that we're planning and we're building a plan based on let, let's be a little conservative. Even if you think 90 is more realistic, if we're a little more planning for that 100th birthday party, the worst case, I'd rather be a little overprepared than I'd come rather, up a I'd little rather, short. Okay, now I said something earlier. I'm going to take this back. Let me give you an exception. Okay. There's an exception to every rule. Okay. I said earlier, I said, never leave money on the table. Right. All right, well, in this point, that's the one time I want to leave money on the table. Right. When I die, I want to make sure there's money on the table. That I, I, I've had a lot of friends say, I want to spend every dollar before I die. But yeah. I... I, I I don't mind leaving money on the table when I leave because I know that there are people behind me that can benefit from that. My children, my wife, whatever the situation right. is. If you don't like charity. your kids, pick a charity. Exactly. There you go. There you <laughs> go. You pick somebody's dog for that matter. Real fast, we've got about a minute left, and I want to I, I want to throw this at you because when you talk about this, uh, has anybody ever come to you and said, okay, because you, you rattle off all those buckets. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is what you do all the time, the different ways to invest. Has anybody ever come and said, okay, I see you putting this money in here. and you put, How much money? Has anybody ever wanted you to allocate money for lottery tickets? You know, <laughs> yeah. as, so, as a hedge against whatever. I've heard some funny things. I helped. I, I had somebody um, want me to do a, an analysis on buying milk cows, and we actually were able to do it. Believe it or not, that's the most out there thing. But so, lottery, when that comes up, my my response, you know, I try to be <laughs> measured. I say, okay, here's the deal: if if our buckets hit all our planning goals, and you want to you want to pull a hundred dollars a month over here, and you can afford it 
for your lottery tickets. Have that's your play money. We're not yeah. we're not building that into your timeline though. We're not we're not making any plans or goals based on that. But if it's something that you enjoy and it's for fun, have at it, buddy. And the same thing if it's a real speculative or risky type of stock. It's same. Let's let's pull a little piece over here if we can afford to. Right. All our other bases are covered. We have our income plan. Everything's set up. And and do that, but also have the mindset that this is kind of for fun. If I lose it all, it doesn't change my plan. Right. Just a little while. I, I, a little crazy on my part, but I know there are people out there go, well, my retirement plan's on the Georgia Lottery. Well, Wouldn't that be funny if when we deliver a, a new client binder, <laughs> we attached a, a lottery ticket? I love it. I love it. There you go. All right, Bo, folks, want to get in touch with you. We're almost out of time. We're slammed up against the clock here. We sure. always do this. How do we get with Rich Life Advisors? Yeah, I think the place to start is go to richlifeadvisors.com, and you can see how we work with clients, what we do, why we do it, how we do it. And give me a call. Let me know things you're thinking about, things you're worrying about, things you'd like to hear me talk about here with Bill at 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. Enjoy it, Bo. Have a great one. Have fun. See ya. If you have specific retirement questions or would like to know more about Rich Life Advisors, go to richlifeadvisors.com or call 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. Rich Life Advisors LLC provides investment advisory services through Formula Folios. Bo Henderson is a licensed insurance agent in Georgia.